welcome to the Loki field, where we're all about violating the minds and inner realms of our guests to talk about love, life, and geekery. Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Loki field. Tonight's episode, we have a very special guest joining us and it's gonna be a little dark. We're gonna delve into Machiavelli, mischief, magic, and Loki trope. So, hi, Leivester. Hello there. Hi. Most people will call me by different names. So, yeah, um, actually, that's my real name, Leivester. Mm. And do you have like a stage name or? No, despite. No, uh, that's it. It's Leivester. Mm-hmm. Now, despite what the name implies, that I am best at lying, <laughs> I don't lie. I mm. s- see it as it is. Mm. And just for the listeners listening, so who are you? Could you share and touch on your origin story? And yeah, how, like, your, your, your background as a magician and what you do. So what I do for the past eight years is, aside from being a corporate stiff, mm-hmm. I also perform magic, but not usual magic that you see. I perform in the sense that as it's as if you're going back in time, watching a Victorian show about ghosts and weird stuff. Mm. Yeah, off air, you described your magic style as bizarre and i was like what does that mean and just the way you talked about i haven't seen it in person like being done so i was just curious on how it looks and for the people who are listening and who are curious what's a reference point other than going back in time and it being odd and weird is it like more mentalism is it visually you talking to them and telling them a story and what are the emotions that capture it is a genre in itself Mm. so if you're asking me how or what feeling that you're supposed to feel when watching my show you're not supposed to feel anything we do not force the audience to feel anything for the show but if you want to know what I do, it involves voodoo dolls, knives, blades, <laughs> and Dark some secrets. chalks that are moving by themselves. Mm. Writing names, names of people that have already died. Mm, creepy. <laughs> yeah, so like, how did you come across this? Like, did you get inspired to do it? Like, what drew you to this world and to this realm? When I was in elementary, I was able to come upon a book. It's very old. It's about cosmic horror. Mm. It was the only book in the library that doesn't have grease on it, which means that nobody was reading it at all. I decided to take it home. <laughs> and it turns out, it it's, it's like it's speaking to my very soul. Wait, how old were you? Like, was this, this is primary school, middle school, high school? Like That was great for. And they made this available to you? Like, how 
how was this book? Like, was it um, meant for kids at that age or just stumbled upon it and shouldn't have been there type of book? Philippine schools, their libraries are not exactly the most organized. Ah. So you, you're, you tend to see a lot of books being displaced uh, at, the, at the school that I was in before, grade five. I was able to find a replica book at grade five and i read it yeah uh it's mm-hmm. unrise releasing ah. oh no, um un- yeah the sleeping beauty trilogy at, at grade five and this love this um horror cosmic horror book that was grade four for the most part i didn't understand some of it but later on when i was re- reading it after many years i was able to understand ah so you came back to it really means. So like when you were in grade four, it was just more of it planted the idea, the seed, and just got you fascinated, and then you revisited it. I used to get beaten up a lot, so I usually stay in the library because that's the only place that those bullies will not enter. The brain mm. capacity doesn't really allow them to appreciate the value of a book. Yeah, and like library error, error four o four. I will not enter this room. <laughs> This is a forbidden section. You must not enter. Yeah, like you have that invisibility cloak as you enter this um, world and realm. <laughs> so, I wish. Like, was this book like just more of an intrigue thing? It got you curious into what you do now, or did it actually teach you stuff you shouldn't have been learning at that age? I got curious because at the time I was in. A Catholic school, so we were very Wait, strict. We were even Catholic shown that Catholic school had this in their library. Yes, and it was yes, and erotica too. Okay. Yes. Whoever was in charge of books, uh, had you'll this. be surprised what the rectors read in there. Even the priests and the nuns that are in that school, they ah. tend to read the uh, controversial stuff. They say it's for educational purposes. Well, curiosity, I'm not surprised. But like just making it available to kids or like not properly keeping it away from those who should be reading is that is surprising to me. Lack so, of diligence, that's one thing that I can blame upon. Hmm. So this like opened the realm and this started your fascination with this world. And like was it self-taught or did you chance upon instructions or like the internet how like I can't imagine like oh. starting and like how do you go about such things well uh, when I was grade four uh, you don't really expect a kid to understand most of the stuff that they're reading yes. especially if you're talking about cosmic horror yes. so I got intrigued and I was asking our librarian uh, what books do you have on alternate religions I said we don't have that i said mm. we have a very big muslim community here you should have something that offers an alternative to people At so she said, age, said why that? don't you try i was a very okay. uh, not to i guess uh, in a, it's a filipino term that we don't carry our own chairs but i was accelerated by three mm. years ah. wow that means that my parents are not always there. They're busy. And I grew up with the house help. So. Mm. 
And then you told them like alternative so religion. Have... Yeah, somewhere along those lines. And they directed and you. So somewhere. they handed me. They handed it to you. Yeah. Uh, Edith Hamilton. Edith Hamilton's mythology. Okay, and then like you read it and like what happened? So that's the time I discovered that we have other interpretations of deities. That the God that we know is not only the God that is being recognized by the word. Hmm. And once I was done with the book of mythology, I was wondering why you have a lot of material for Greek mythology, but when it comes to the Eddas, the prose mm-hmm. Edda and the poetic Edda, mm. the material is not enough. And I've always been Why? curious about Loki. Yeah, Loki more for the mischief and like, why do you think there wasn't enough material? You have only a couple of pages compared to Greek mythology. Is and it, out is of those... Is like, there's so much to uh, discuss in Greek mythology? Is that the lack, the difference, the disconnect? Like one yeah. has a and lot... Yes, and if, if you notice in Greek mythology, it's more of uh, happy, happy things. Yes, there is tragedy. Ah, actually, give, yeah, you know, you're right. Mm. All these happy, sunny day type of stories, and then you are introduced to a different type of world where heroes would gladly die for what they believe in, and for them, being killed is mm-hmm. a great honor. And why are they so sad? And as a kid growing up without the really the attention of his parents, I was mm. curious. They are so strong despite their experiences. And their God is not like the God of Greek mythology. In Greek mythology, he's very polyamorous, let's say. Mm. And playful. Greek myth and, but, mm-hmm. Yeah, like material. Good I'm sorry, Maria, go ahead. No, I'm just saying the playfulness of Greek mythology. Like, they're very Mercurial. Like, the gods have several lovers, and then just they like hedonism. They like indulging in themselves, and just interesting stories. And then, like, the contrast with what so, you're saying. And when you get into mythology, you see a god that actually sacrifices himself. And mm. there's this trickster god, Loki. Mm. In this stories, despite the very few number of pages, you can see that he's very prominent. Mm. And yet, he wasn't liked by people, so it got me. I, I was curious about it. Why? So I decided to ask our librarian for access to our computer. But back then, the computer was really, really ah. slow. And then, then we get introduced to the children of Loki. Hmm. Despite what people believe that he is a, uh, let me ask you this: How do people see Loki in a general sense? 
well, impression them, that they have about him. Yeah, most of them get the idea of Loki from like um, comic books, from like that trickster, cheeky, uh, playful, trouble-causing god, and um, yeah, it's it's comedic. But I don't really know like his actual origin story beyond the comics. So, like, so we're how talking is manipulative, it? cruel, and selfish type of god. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's the interpretation when you first read mythology. But once you delve deeper, you will discover that not everything that is good is exactly good. It's beneficial for everyone. Sometimes the outcasts are the people who actually give you something that will be helpful, something that is of great work. Mm. Like willing to do whatever it takes to create progress, type of thing. Yes, but it doesn't mean that it's for the benefit of all. It could be for his own benefit, and other gods are just. Therefore, right. Hmm. So let me ask you this personally: How do you see Loki? Well, I see, I see Loki as playful, mischievous, um, curious. Like, if ever he does cause a stir, mayhem, he just wants to know like what their, the outcome will be. And like, even with people, like supposedly he messes around with human mortals and causes trouble but at the same time he's also giving them a way out like he's tricking them in a sense but he's also giving them in that same trick like in the lie there is truth like the way he frames things the way he does things is you can choose either way and depending on your choice that will be the outcome and having fun with it like having fun with black and white having fun with reality as is or like the order of things and steering that element of chaos that element of unpredictability of um, violation <laughs> so that's, that's for me how about for you he is bored with conformity mm. and he's yeah uh, he's bored with conformity and he wants to install fun that's what you said. He wants to have fun. He's very mischievous. And that's the parallel that I have with Nicola Machiavelli. People will see him as this manipulative person that his goal is for tyranny. He yeah. is a cruel person. He's a go-getter politician. And I don't know. Uh, the ends justify the means. Go get there and do what you must do. Even yeah, killing yeah. people just to achieve your goal. That's how people see them, right? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, Machiavelli wrote two books. The first one, The Prince, which is the most common. Mm. And that's the common misconception of people. They interpret the prince as the very dogma of Machiavelli. And let's say Loki. That mm. It's all about controlling the people, being the monarchy for them, being mm. the king, and not giving them the free will. Mm. But do you want to know what's on the other side? I've only read The Prince, so I'm really curious. Yeah. 
and like connecting you to Loki. I'm intrigued. That's the general consensus of how people see Machiavelli, Loki, and every other so-called villain that is smart mm-hmm. and willing to do anything that they want, even sacrificing their own dignity just to achieve their goals. Hmm. So what's on the other side of the prince? Like, what else is there to Machiavelli? Discourse of Levi or Levi. Depends on how you read it. Hmm. This is a book that he wrote. It's a actually a love letter to the Republic on oh, how I'm, it should be run. I'm confused. Like uh, the only the only reference point I have of him is like ruthless use of power. So like him being different than that and like having like writing a love letter to the Republic is curious. Like okay, so. How, in a like, moment, you going? will be, you, you will understand why I am referencing Machiavelli in this, uh, in this mm-hmm. case. So, uh, in that book, discourse of Levi or Levi, mm-hmm. Machiavelli discuss how you can keep everything in order, how to raise an army out of nothing, rise from being no one to someone. Does that mm-hmm. sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Loki decided to raise an army, become a monarch. And generally wanted to be accepted. Mm. They have the will to do what must be done. In short, they're focused on purpose. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that made me think. Like, especially Loki and associating Loki with the word purpose. It's a new concept. May I may I read to you one of the very first statements of Loki in one of his uh, movies? Let's oh, go with the Yeah, let's go let's, for that. Let's, just, let's go with this one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, most people they are introduced to Loki not on the books but from the movies. So mm-hmm. you remember his line in Avengers, the first one? I'm not sure. Okay, I'll refresh your memory because you've memorized this. It's just that right now you have other things in your mind. Like he said, "I am Loki of Asgard." Hmm. So that's what he said. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glory's purpose. Oh, I did. I can't imagine him saying that, like in a non-joking way. That's the funny part. People will only see it as him being poet. Ah. But, but here's what you have to notice: when he arrived. We have this trope, the super, superhero landing. Mm. Did, have you noticed that, or did you at least notice, even once, or you can rewatch later if you want? He mm. was able to do a hero's landing despite being the villain. Now, in filmmaking, like... you don't really use those kind of action unless you're trying to interpret that this person is somewhat of a hero. Mm. Interesting. Shall we go with his words? Yeah, yeah. And how he introduced himself. He said, I am Loki of Asgard. So he t- introduced his name, no last name. Mm. Mm. And he presented where he's from, from Asgard. Mm. He is expecting that you, you, I, everyone will recognize who he is. And the very important part, I am burdened with glory's purpose. Yeah. 
notice how he decided to use the word burden instead of I am destined for a greater purpose or anything along those lines. He said, I am ah. burdened with great purpose. Why would you use burden if your main intention is just to conquer and not and make to have fun for the better people? people? Mm. Interesting. I'm, I'm thinking like for the first time, I didn't like notice these subtleties of Loki. In short, uh, the way I see it, they are all misunderstood. Mm-hmm. What's on your mind, Amira? Um, right now, I'm just like curious about Loki and purpose, like associating that word with him. And it must have been like so sucky for him to be remembered and to be known as the villain. And like for parents and for everyone to tell the world like, oh, you're this hot. Like... When they scare people, it's like, oh, Loki, <laughs> Loki will get you. And what if he was actually doing what needs to be done for there to be progress and for, for there to be movement and like his hate or his dislike for conformity. I'm trying to understand where that comes from. Is it purely that he dislikes conformity and rules and regulation or is he trying to make the world more colorful so probably that he wants to be accepted if you can remember in the first Thor movie they were arguing who was to be king mm. and he was able to discover that he's not actually a son at all he's only adopted and he's yeah, yeah. one of the lowest class of race mm. he's a frost giant he's from an evil race in chart mm. But for the most part, he is mis- he is actually behaving. Now, I if I may, I would like to take you back to a more traditional sense of the Loki. Mm. If it's yeah. okay with you, of course. Yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. It's not a butter. Now, we are all familiar with Mjolnir, right? Yeah, yeah. Who isn't familiar with Mjolnir? Mm. And... Also, the weapon of Odin, the Gungnir. This is the weapon that is one of the most powerful. It can open a Bifrost. It will allow you to travel through space. Mm. Do you know who actually gifted that, in a sense? Out of his trickery, he was able to acquire these gifts. No, I did not. Who? You want to make a lucky guess? I've... No idea. <laughs> it's Loki. Wow. Is it his You've been the protection traveling? for Asgard? That's Loki's doing. How is he so powerful? Like, I mean, like even getting like his hands on these like super powerful items, it seems like he's causing trouble, but... For you to get access to that, you need a lot of intelligence and it's not carelessness that makes him supposedly lose to the good guys. Is it like intentional that he does what he does? He is doing what he can with what he has. Unfortunately, people don't understand what he's doing. They will 
think of him as a manipulative person instead of a person that is willing to do what they must do. Now, mm. there, this is one actually actually one of the funny stories about Loki. It's regarding the wall of Asgard. Mm. So it said that the wall of Asgard is impenetrable. Nothing can reach it unless you're a dark elf from an older realm. Oh, okay. Is this connected also? That wall also? was erected because of Loki. Yeah, actually, this was this is the story of the greatest gift that Loki ever gave Asgard. It's not gonna take long. I promise you that. Wait, so, how come, uh, this, this wall... story from? Is this like from mythology or is this just an untold story of Loki? Like, I'm really curious. This is from the poetic Edda, the older books. Ah, I'm curious. Okay. I'll send you the link later on so that you can, yeah, if please. you have time, of course. Yeah, please. I think this you will find this fascinating. Yeah, especially seeing Loki in a different light. Nice. Yeah. So, um, regarding the story of the wall, the impenetrable wall, Odin decided that we need walls to protect ourselves. Very typical decision. But mm. they can't build it in the fastest time, so they decided to hire a, a frost giant to actually build this. Okay. Now, this giant demanded... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just listening. I was just like, okay, Frost Giant. And they demanded okay. payment or... Yeah, go on, he, There was this giant and he said that he will build this in a very short amount of time. And hmm. all he will be asking as payment would be the wife of Odin. Okay. Naturally, the gods are angry. Uh, we're not supposed to make our queen a payment of sort. So mm. what they did is they sent out Loki. They trusted Loki to do the negotiation. He's an expert oh. negotiator. So you're, you're seeing it now, yes? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, it's, just, it's starting to make sense. Like the puzzle piece is coming together and he sided with and this Mar- is- like he betrayed his own people or, or how? We'll get to that one. So, um, so he, the giant said that I'll finish this within the year. So Loki said, okay, we're okay with your terms. But if you're unable to finish it within the year, then the contract is forfeit. We're not going to pay you. We will not give you the wife of Odin. Okay, and then? he was able, The giant was able to build it as fast as he can. And on the very last day, Loki was able to see that most of the work was done because of a majestic horse. He decided that if he's able to take the horse out of the picture, he will be able to breach the contract. Not really breach the contract, more on uh, escape the contract and have the world built for one. Keep the wife of Odin from the giant's hands and be a hero of Asgard for some reason. He was a frost giant, but he, but he wanted to, to be a hero of Asgard? Yes. They are b- blood brothers. Uh, Odin and Loki are blood brothers. So Odin is obliged to keep Loki on his side 
no wine shall be poured for Odin that will not be poured for Loki. That's why they can't get rid of him. Is it because of the blood uh, relation? Or just because no. Odin it's... was being merciful? They are sworn brothers, but the, that particular story we're not able to delve into that since that part of the book has been destroyed. Okay. So the story isn't continued. So um, sorry, <laughs> there's a lot of segues when I'm talking. So uh, apologize for that for one thing. But yeah, uh, so this is what happened. He Loki decided that he will distract the horse. He turns himself into a mare and seduces the male horse. Okay. So naturally, the wall was not built. Within a year, but the wall is almost finished. Loki was missing for a few months, or years maybe, or months. Yeah, let's go with months. And when Loki returned, he had with him a eight-legged horse. Meaning? A little call. He refuses to discuss the origins of that, but that horse is named Slifner. That is the greatest of all the horses, and that's the one that Odin was riding. Okay. He's always riding that horse. It's the fastest one. Now, when asked where the horse came from, he said, I don't want to talk about it. So that's actually Loki taking one for the team. You see, when Loki decided no. to turn himself into a you know what happened, right? Yeah, like no way. And literally taking one for the team as if that way. It took one for the team. Literally. So, why Loki? Why would you do such a thing? No, literally, why did he do such a thing? Like, uh, really for Asgard? For the good of Asgard. And this was in the books, like written this way? Yes. Wow. And if um, I guess I won't be talking about it right now since we have very little time. I will just send you the video maybe. Yeah, uh, this definitely. is the story of how Loki recovered. Hmm? Yeah, definitely. The story of how Loki recovered. How he recovered Thor's, uh, sorry, Thor's Mjolnir. It was stolen. From how? And then he gave it back to she Thor? Ah. He, this Loki was sent to negotiate with another giant for the Mjolnir hmm. since he's a great negotiator and Odin asked him agree to their terms okay unfortunately the terms for that is Odin's wife again okay so what did Loki do? He decided to dress up Thor in female clothes and made him pretend that he was a lady and they were able to escape. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, I won't be uh, wasting your time right now since, I, like I said, uh, I do know that we have very, a very limited amount of time. I'll, I'll just send you those videos. Yeah, just seeing Loki in a different light. Like, I thought it was just pure mischief and being um, his unaccepted self. 
like that person and, who just and keep the point for the team you gotta give it to him yeah and like even his quotes and the things he says like I never wanted to throw just wanting to be equal and like everything he says is tongue in cheek or like with humor but in reality they're half truths or a lot truths and he has no one on his side like I can't remember someone who's properly on his side like I can't imagine what that is like to be a trickster god and to know deceit and to know all of these um, the ways of men and the ways of immortals and the ways of gods and then not having anyone accept or trust you or just on your side like you're, you're the villain and you're alone um, I'm yeah just horrible I'm horrible well, you can't really blame Loki for turning to the dark side though look mm. what they did to his children Loki had children Yes, he did. And they are the cause of Ragnarok. Because mm-hmm. they wanted to take revenge on the gods who wronged their parents. Hmm. Interesting. And then Loki becomes a girl in the comics. Like, how does this come about? Like, how does this happen? Ah, this is reference in Ragnarok. So, in Ragnarok, we had Hel- Hela, right? Hmm, yeah. Blanchett as Hela. Mm-hmm. In the comics version, I have good reason to believe that they were referencing Hela or they were creating Hela based on Angela. Angela is the firstborn daughter of Odin and they thought that Angela was dead but because of the death of a watcher, mm-hmm. all the sins of our favorite Marvel characters were revealed. So we're looking at Tony Stark being blamed for why Bruce Banner became the Hulk. Mm. Spider-Man discovering that he's not alone, that he there was another Spider-Girl. Mm. A lot of crazy stuff going on in that comics. So um, just to go directly to what you're asking for. So they went, Thor and Loki were searching for their sister, technically their sister. Mm. And we have here the younger Loki, the child Loki. Mm, okay. And it's a girl. And as what you can expect, once they arrive, we have warrior angels. This is the 10th realm. This is the realm that was not discussed because Odin was furious with them for killing his firstborn. Mm. When Loki, or while Thor was fighting, while Thor was fighting with the angels and actually disseminating all of those uh, angels there. <laughs> He's killing here and there. That's, it's a very different Thor. Mm. Loki was just chilling with the Queen of Heaven, negotiating a oh. alliance. Okay. And when asked where does your alliance lie, Loki decides to become female. Mimi. Like he's respecting that queen of heaven? Yes. Because he ah. wanted to ally himself with the queen of heaven. But here's the thing. Mm. 
if you're curious why it's well, I find this type of story intriguing yeah yeah Loki has achieved what no other god has been able to achieve before at least in comics <laughs> he became female and not we're, we're not talking about like a female Thor which is Jane Foster spoilers <laughs> yeah yeah we're talking about Loki himself becoming female like also with the personality like I'm curious about this female Thor everything changes mm. well the personality still sticks uh, in terms of his gender it's already been switched and is this a permanent He's switch going... or is this like he can just keep changing back like switching this is a demonstration of how powerful he is he can change it ah. he actually prefers it to be female it gives him more freedom Hmm. From the get-go, we 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 know we just know that Loki is meant to be a girl. Hmm. And the reason guy... I said that is because he is too smart to be a guy. And also the assholery, like it's very abrasive as a guy. Like as a girl, you get away with a little more. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. So. He became a girl, and like, does this carry on for several comics, or is this just one comic? I think at least two or three, maybe. I I could be wrong though. Hmm. If we're gonna bring it to the real world, this type of change, we're looking at PUs trying to emulate how females understand people. Hmm. You're naturals, and. The male people or the male of the sex, we, we took so much time to learn your very the skills that you're born with and how to alert people, captivate them mm. with just words and gestures. Once Loki turned into a female, his transformation is complete. Mm. So his skills are enhanced, and the things that he's been practicing or the things that he has learned those are becoming more genuine now mm. and with guys guys are very linear they're very logical that's their superpower like just that intellect and women are balanced out by being emotional and um, just even though things come more naturally like the more um, persuasive side or things in supposedly PUA that comes naturally to women and not to men it's still they don't even know that they're doing it but Loki That's turning true. into a girl but, like having both sides is like brilliant yeah if you actually take take a look at this and uh, yeah I think you disappeared after uh, yeah. if you take a look after and then you disappeared how about now yeah you're you're here now Yeah, so you were saying? Spirit. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if I should discuss this. This is... Dark. <laughs> no, in some ways. It's mm. more of ancient knowledge. Mm. See, this is how male and female differ based mm. on divine structure. 
mm. and why I'm saying that Loki is complete as a female and why he is more formidable. Mm. You decide if you want to take a look into that or if you want to delve to that part. Um, it's up to you. <laughs> But just maybe on a, on a surface level, um, just that he's complete. Yeah. Put it in. Okay. Yeah, I can understand like the divine aspect, and that would get esoteric, esoteric, and that might be uh, not so much. I I won't be touching on the subject that people will be uncomfortable with, not because I want I don't want to offend them, but it's more of it's not gonna make I mean, sense like, if you're just gonna yeah, talk that, about it. Yeah, that that whole abstract thing that you'd have to be in a mushroom trip to understand. But yeah, if it's like something that they could. Think about or grasp at or play with, and yeah. And if it's something, is that your hand free right now? I think it's one of your hands. Yeah, yeah, it's free. Can you tell me how many fingers do you have? Five or two hands. That's five, right? Also yeah, on yeah. the toes, right? Yeah, so like five, ten. That's considered as a magical number, five. Because. It, it's like the rose. It represents the five stages of a female's life. So we're looking at birth. That's number one. Mm. Menstruation, which is the ability to possibly create life. Mm. Parenthood. That's when you have kids, right? That, that's self-explanatory. Then we have old age or menopausal. And then the last stage would be death. Now, if we apply this to Loki, he was born. Okay, he became female. He became a horse and gave birth to a Slifner, the horse of Odin. Became a parent. Mm, he the became an old Loki in the comics, right? Yeah. And. He has also died in multiple occasions. In multiple, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The very daughter of Loki is Hel, the goddess of the Norse underworld. Mm. And the funny thing is, Loki is able to complete the circle, rebirth. He was reborn into a small child. Now. If I say it as is, it's not gonna make sense why I'm including this in our topic. But yeah. the reason why I'm including this is there we must complete the circle. Hmm. Okay. Loki is able to do that. That means that everything that is good, or not everything that is good, is beneficial for everyone, and not everything that is bad is. Harmful. There hmm. must be a balance. And if you look at Loki only from one perspective, you're not going to be able to understand his character, or you will consider him as a villain. However, hmm. if you look at the other side of him, being a parent having to see his children die, hmm. then you will see a different picture. And his intellect and just all of his skills, like. Having that much power and is it really like failing every time he 
doesn't succeed in destroying the world supposedly or is he playing a higher game or is he he's playing a higher game Mm. he doesn't really want to see the world burn but if it takes the world to burn to achieve his goal then why not Mm. goal oriented goal oriented person and not you know focused on just purely being light or just purely being good or purely being bad like he's one of the few villains that just switches sides as needed like he was on the good guy side when they needed him and yeah. that goal oriented self versus being selfish like it's interesting like very interesting character and there's so many layers to who he is and here and just he's very interesting so yeah um, this female side of him and just seeing more and being allowed to see more like do you think this will <laughs> get into the comics like would they start to delve deeper into his origin story and who he is or is this just because people don't appreciate it much like with the heroes it's easy to appreciate them to have an audience for them but like with villains uh, is the world ready for such a thing do they There get as much attention a, that's actually one of the biggest questions because we're not sure yet if the world is ready the one that we can see that the world has already accepted would be deadpool mm and that was an experiment like They were seeing with how accepting the world was of a flawed hero. Like that idea of the the experiment before Wolverine <laughs> it being Deadpool. So do you think the world is ready for a Loki or for villains or for a level beyond Deadpool? That's a very hard question right there. I mean, I don't want to sound like an a book elitist or a comic book elitist and mm. say that the world is not ready because the world constantly surprises us. So what mm. we need to do is we just need to just do what as what Loki does. Enjoy the chaos. Enjoy the chaos and play. Ah, oh, interesting. And in doing so, you invite others to enjoy and embrace their own chaos. I like that. That's how it should be. When you suppress something, they people have a tendency to actually rebel from it. See, mm. I'm not sure if you watch Gundam Gundam Wing before. I have not. But is it like that robot anime? Yeah, that's the one. Mm. There is a quote there that um, I think it was Maramea. Mm. He's the son of technical or the daughter the, of the villain slash the hero, anti-hero. Mm. And the statement is very simple. There are all, there's three bits of there are three bits of war, peace, and revolution. Continues mm. on forever. So we're expecting mm. chaos. And if you notice, we're talking about war. After that comes peace. 
and then revolution. That's how the cycle works. People don't rebel during the time of war because it's already a war. They rebel during peacetime because they're bored. They don't have anything else to do. They want to be important. That's something that Loki can relate to. He wants to be of significance. Mm. War, peace, revolution. Wow, yeah, I'm appreciating Loki more and more. I just liked him for his ability to step outside the box and do things differently that people may not necessarily agree with. So, yeah, interesting. An interesting conversation. I yeah, I'm just, it's, it's very thought-provoking. I'm just like, I, I haven't been this like lost for words in... But like with this conversation, it's it's maybe because I like Loki so much and like Deadpool and just thinking about society and thinking like are they ready to be violated and things like that and just seeing more layers and just being appreciative of seeing more layers and how do you get someone to see things like um, the things that Loki does if you're the only one who sees it from that perspective and that lens. Uh, it's it's hard and it is. how do you bridge worlds when you're coming from this side and does he even attempt to or does he not care so like things like that it's playing on my mind mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting yeah like and a really deep deep discussion i'm so sorry i like what i said uh, there's this side of me that really does the over talking part yeah, I love it. I love it. So, how does all of this play into your thinking process? Like, did Loki, did um, Machiavelli, like, did all of this influence who you are and the flavor that you bring to the world, to your interactions, to conversations, to learning style or like teaching style, whatever you do teach? Yeah, it actually helped me develop this ability to see the other side of things or mm. see things that normal people don't see. Mm. I'm not saying I'm more I am advanced compared to other people but what I'm saying is I see the side that they're either afraid to acknowledge or, or even look they at. haven't seen yet. Yeah, like not even that they haven't seen like there are times we're afraid to look at certain sides because it's so outside our realm of either comfort possibility just even imagining that such thing could be possible like um, a lot of people would be like can loki ever be good or can loki ever be anything other than who he is and if he's a trickster god everything about him is a trick so why look into him but for me like characters like that it's just interesting it's uh, intriguing it's curious and why not like why not delve into the forbidden or into things you're not supposed to look at if it's true and if it's the truth it's absolute truth it's gonna protect and hold itself if it's a lie then it's gonna fall apart and either way it's okay (laughs) whether your viewpoints get shattered or not it's isn't it interesting to find out to know ah okay um, that wasn't what i thought or 
yes. my yeah my viewpoint is confirmed so examining it and just being inquisitive so interesting and it's nice to see like and meet people like you and to hear thinking processes like this it's rare in today's society of conformity and everyone being <laughs> like everyone else or just striving for that and having independent thinkers like you express weird things like this is it's nice thank you i really appreciate it so yeah appreciative of you and just wrapping up before we wrap up i ask every single guest that gets on three questions so question number one is in a perfect reality in a perfect world what does that look like who are you impacting where are you waking up I'm a very simple man. For me, the world is already good. Mm. If I am able to wake up and just go to my garden. We're looking mm. at the Thanos type of person here. I am willing to see the chaos, have it play out, and see if I survive. If not, then it's okay. If I survive, then I will try it. That's, that's already good for me. I am not really the type of person who enjoys all the all this like uh, facade of your happiness. It doesn't work. There's a chance that your happiness will be threatened. So it's much better that you are happy, but at the same time you are always on guard. So that's good for me. Mm. So is the whole like whatever happening? Is it more of like Taoism? Is it like Stoicism, or is it just genuinely not caring <laughs> either way and just being in it for like the story and like, huh? Interesting. Nihilism, I guess. Hmm, that is interesting. That's the first time I've heard someone say that. Like, how is Some that flavor? Are just afraid to admit it. Hmm. Fear of admitting. How, how's the flavor? Yeah, like I've never heard it because like I've heard stoicism, I've heard of like Taoism, like embrace it, embrace whatever happens to you. Like and the way you say it is like um, okay. It sounds a little extreme. For like it's me, almost like we are so... <laughs> well, for me, uh, I guess we are so obsessed with, uh, with our very own existence. That we forget that the world is revolving not for us but around us mm. so it's up to us to actually do what we must whatever it takes that's marvel mm. reference of course and if it doesn't work then at least you're able to see what's the result of your actions no regrets mm. interesting our existence, our existence is too small to regret the small impact that we have. If we have an impact that will benefit. allow the people that are, yeah, that will benefit those that deserve it, then by all means, let them enjoy it. But if it's not benefiting anyone, you try. Mm. In your version of the story, you're not the bad guy. No one wants to be the bad guy. They just want to make the changes that they see fit. Mm, and acknowledging that you tried. Ah, interesting. Yes. Mm. 
Okay, wait. So question number two is, what's a deep, dark desire that keeps you up at night? <laughs> oh, uh, that is a very interesting question. Yeah, a lot of these questions are just abstract and um, it can be interpreted in whatever flavor way you want to interpret it. I have this tendency to be very inclined to use blades. So I love to... You said dark, right? Yeah, dark, dark desire. Dark desire. Maybe use a scalpel knife for something. Mm. And like human flesh. Depends on the situation. Hmm. But hopefully we won't reach that part. So I'll just settle with chopping livestock. Hmm. I am very just, proficient with it comes. So like Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. And dark, like by the definition yeah. of dark. You, you can look at it as Hannibal Lecter. You can look at it as the Vinci just trying to understand how anatomy works. It's up to you. Ah, I like that. I like that the whole Da Vinci trying to understand how anatomy works. Hmm. Yeah, I was always curious. Did he actually cut things up as an artist? Oh, yes. He, he actually he did. did. He did. He stole a lot of bodies in the cemeteries and hmm. actually cut them up to understand that's why his drawings are so beautiful yeah lifelike yeah ah, he actually got real reference interesting and i'm uh, i have to read up on this yeah i will definitely read up on it so last question is yeah links please like last question is what's a guilty pleasure As I guess you can already guess this part since you already guess about the blade part. So I am very interested with rope work and I'm also schooled with it. Right. So I know how to do some shibaris, shibari art, rope art, sorry. Shibari rope art. Hmm. Like you learned it or self-taught or like how did you come about it? Because yeah, I heard about shivery in the Philippines, but very few people talk about it outwardly and teach. People have a tendency to be prude. I refuse to subscribe to that notion. Hmm. Like, did you have like mentorship or like just learn on your own? I was taught by one of my friends. Uh, he, she was also part of the community before hmm. before her um, timely demise. She oh. taught me everything I know with a rope and how to how to use it properly. No one gets injured without their consent. Hmm. Yeah, it went dark fast, but yeah, um, Shibari, an interesting. Uh, Am I expecting police to? Knock on the door now? Oh, for Shibari? I don't know. 
I, I think it's getting more and more popular. Hopefully, it becomes accepted as the art that as it is. It's a form of it's art. Yeah, it easy. is a form of art. Hmm. It goes back to attention and storytelling. Like to one person, it's a form of um, liberation. Like in order to be that um, restrained, you really have to surrender, and it's a form of liberation. And to others, it's a form of restraint. So again, depending on the lens you're viewing things from, interpretation, it shifts, it changes. But And we go back full circle to Loki. Mm. As what Loki said, humans have the desire to be held in one hand by a great leader, someone who can actually guide them into a certain purpose. Mm. They want to be ruled over. They do. I mean, people preach that they want uh, to have to make their own decisions, but they also want to be told what to do because it's easier. Yes, and that's why we have a community of... Ah, that's a story for another time. <laughs> a community of marketers, of pickup artists, of cults, <laughs> all of these different sub-communities. Yeah, um, I can imagine. So is there any quote, question, or final insight you'd want to leave people with? Hmm. Or question. I wasn't really prepared for this. So I guess I'm just going to go with desire is a dagger. You decide if you want to push it yourself or if you want to go ahead and stick it to others either way someone's gonna get hurt make it come <laughs> so desire is a dagger it's gonna hurt someone okay that's one way of describing desire but yeah thank you for being on the show and thank you for this interesting conversation oh, thank you for having me 